0: embrace the rebels within us, and more deeply come to explore the complex and agitated edges of our existence. Now, before we get started, please don't be a rebel yet and grab your phone and hit that little button that says subscribe. Thank you, because your dreams don't build themselves. What's up and welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. I am your host, Alex Terranova. Man, we are quickly bearing down on episode 200, which feels so cool. And I do want to share this with you. I've been thinking about kind of putting pause on this podcast. And, you know, I've I've thought a lot about it. Like, how do I, what kind of guests would I want to get? If I kept going, what do I want to talk about? And the thing that keeps coming up for me is like, hey, great things and really cool things always end, whether they be careers or they be TV shows, uh, they come to an end. Uh, regardless of how successful they are, how not successful they are, everything comes to an end. And there's something about episode 200 that feels really good. And while I don't think this podcast will actually end, I'm debating like having special episodes that come up from time to time. It is something that I'm considering. And a lot of you have been listening since this started over three years ago. And I wanted to share that. I am working on some other projects though that i want to share with you one comes out on june 1st so this episode will probably come out a little bit after that or the week um week of ish is called the frequency shifters and it is me and a friend of mine corinne summers and we are sitting down with people that are doing all things like woo woo and energy and out there so we have people from like Gaia TV network. We have people that do like sound bowl healings. We have people that are talking about Lemurians. And if you don't know what Lemurians are, they're like Atlanteans, but on the opposite side of the country there, it's a whole whole different paradigm of thought and ideas. And it's super interesting. Uh, you can find Frequency Shifter, the Frequency Shifter show on Spotify, iTunes. The first kind of preview episode is up right now. Um, and then the whole season gets launched like a Netflix kind of show on June 1st, it all starts to come out and then it trickles out over the next few days. So you should definitely check that out. And I'm definitely working on other things. So if you heard me say that this might be ending and you were bummed, well, thank you. That feels good. But also um, there's going to be other things. So if you like the sound of my voice, you won't be missing it. Um, Okay, let's move on to something else, which is my guest today has done a bunch of things that I've like been, she, she does things different, but she, she plays in a, in a pool that like, I'm super um, intrigued by a pool that I want to like swim in. um, And she's doing a lot of good work. I want to give you a little idea of, there's so much to say that I could take a long time introducing her, but I'm going to give you some highlights. So basically uh, she's worked with professional athletes in various sports leagues uh, specifically some NFL players. Um, she's also worked with, uh, the Buccaneers. She's worked with ESPN. She's worked with, um, the Miami Dolphins. She's worked with Steven Ross who owns the Miami Dolphins. She's own. she's worked with ESPN. She helped ESPN launch ESPNW. W. She's worked with major league baseball. She's worked with Gary V. um, She now works with a company, um, or she's the founder, sorry, and CEO of a company called Social Victories, which is a social media and marketing consulting company for the leaders in the sports world. I'm like, am I missing anything? There's so much. Uh, She, I think this is pretty cool because her and I had similar experiences. She was at Florida during, while Tim Tebow was there and she got to experience two national championships as a florida gator and i was at usc when matt leinard and reggie bush were there so i got to basically have the exact i mean it was like that generation then the Tim tebow generation so we just felt like endless winners and unfortunately that hasn't lasted for either one of us um beyond those uh but welcome to the dream mason podcast whitney holtzman how you doing Thank you so
1: much. I'm doing great. That was a fantastic intro. I feel like, you know, me so well, after just talking for a few minutes, you hit on everything that I would use to describe myself. And I'm hopeful that it's not my presence. That is the reason this podcast is ending that like, now that I've been on, you're like, Oh, we should really cut this off. We've gone way downhill. And I would also like to add, Tim Tebow is still playing in the NFL. I don't know where your guys are, but my guy's still going.
0: I, um, I actually just read about that the other day and I was like, man, this guy's the energizer bunny. He won't quit. He's like 30 something years old and he's now trying like what I forget what team just signed him. Um,
1: Jacksonville Jaguars, which is so cool because that's, that's right. town.
0: And it's urban because my- urban Myers in Jacksonville now.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I can barely run to the fridge and these guys, you know, I was in college with them and he's still playing in the NFL. That's unbelievable. It's like reliving my time at Florida. I like to say I got to Florida and they got good. And then I, I left and things went downhill. So like, I'm not saying I had anything to do with it, but I don't think you can ignore the facts.
0: No, I had, I mean, my experience was, in the, my first year at USC was Carson Palmer's last year. Mm. So we could say that, Hey, I was a good luck. Like that was the first year of like, uh, Pete Carroll really like upleveling that program. And then it was Reggie Bush and Matt Leinard and like, like all the quarterbacks that have unfortunately gone to the NFL. Most of them have not worked out. Um, but like there's probably been 10 of them in a row. Uh, you know, I don't know how many are still. Uh, but yeah, they, neither one of our programs have been the same program since like we were around. Which Yeah. So
1: obviously, know. our like if you want to win a championship, you should just have one of us come work for your organization yeah. or be on campus. But I would also add. That from the time I was accepted to the time I graduated, I not only had the two football championships, we also had two basketball championships. So like every other mm-hmm. second we were partying on University Avenue and if it was a football I the team that. That was the basketball team was with us. So like, and then yeah,
0: Now yeah, I'm exactly. What's, Don, what Don, what's Donovan's first name?
1: Billy Donovan,
0: Billy Donovan. Yeah. Billy Donovan was your coach. And, and Joe um,
1: Kendoa, do you remember him?
0: Yeah. Yeah. He played for the, I mean, played for the bulls forever. Exactly. He's still in the, I think he's still in the NBA. And he plays yeah, for the Clippers. I
1: believe so. And now I live in Champa Bay.
0: So there's something to that.
1: There is. I mean, growing up here, <laughs> when I was born, no Tampa sports team had won a championship. And in my lifetime, the Bucs have now won two Super Bowls. The Lightning have won two Stanley Cups. We got the Rays during my lifetime and they've made it to two World Series. And so lost both. But and Tom Brady's here. He lives in my backyard in a house, but uh, the water's behind me and then his house.
0: I was going to say, if Tom Brady lives in your backyard, we're going to have a very different interview. Uh, <laughs> in a yeah, and I will
1: say the one claim to fame you did not mention is that um, which you probably would not have known about is that I, I live right where the Bucks championship boat parade was. So I happened to be the one that caught Tom Brady throwing a Lombardi trophy across the water that went viral. So I thought I was just like hanging out at the boat parade. And all of a sudden ESPN Sports Illustrated, the Today Show, People Magazine. I did interviews for nine hours straight, including one with Australia. And Tom, Tom's manager actually recently reached out. Um, and he's a super great guy because Tom used the video I took on his social media
0: wow we uh I have a story about Tom Brady but I don't know if I can tell it because I don't know
1: if
0: I I don't know if I I would be breaking some um some uh some legal rules that that are not that are not that are not mine to break but um that that is uh that is really cool I I was at first I was like wait is she lying about this you really caught that video that's hilarious um also, we, we, you know what, I also didn't say because I'm holding it right now is you wrote a book, which so you're also an author, and your book is called You Are the First You, and it's covered in glitter, um, not actual glitter, thank God, because I don't need to be covered in glitter. But um, there's so much we could dive into. I don't even know. I want to, I, I guess, where I want to start is uh, let's just start with like your venture into the sports world. How did you, how did you go from, you know, being in college to actually having clients like Brandon Marshall and players? It's one thing to like, Hey, I work for a company and our our company has, you know, like talent, but like people were working with you. How did you kind of go? How did you like cross that bridge?
1: So there's a long and short answer to that. And I think it's worth starting at the beginning, which is that growing up here in Tampa, I, my mom used to have meetings on Monday nights and she would tell my dad, your one job, like one night of the week is to make sure that you put the kids in bed. And she'd come home every week from her meetings and he'd have me under one arm and my brother under the other arm and we'd be watching Monday night football. So going through school, I didn't think I was good at anything. I never really found my place And all I knew is that I love sports and I love talking to people. So I said to my parents, "Okay, I'm going to be the sideline reporter on Monday Night Football. And I remember them saying, do you think you could pick a job that has more than one total opening? So I'm like, yeah, I'll just do Sunday Night Football also, which (laughs) doubled my options. And I'm pretty sure they had no idea what to say to that. But I'll tell you, I... If I work in sports, truly anyone can, because I didn't have any connections to the industry. I didn't know anyone who worked in sports, both my parents and my brother, everyone is a lawyer in my family. So it's unclear if I'm the black sheep or the one who got away. So I really had to have tunnel vision and sort of double down on myself to make this dream a reality because, um, I was, you know, starting from the bottom. So I decided, you know, I'm going to go to university of Florida. I was actually on a tour at a smaller college, um, a D3 school and we walked by the football stadium and there were like 15 people in the stands. And I was like, Hey, your intramural program looks great, but where's your actual football team? And they were like, Oh no, that's it. And I was like, peace. I'm out of there. So I knew I wanted like a, you know, I'm probably one of the few people who like in high school is like, my school must have a good football program. Like that, those were my priorities, but I knew myself pretty well and I don't like being cold. So I didn't want to go anywhere cold. And I wanted to school with the Jewish population and people don't realize this, but if you've lived in Florida for a year or more, you're eligible for this program called bright futures, where if you have a certain GPA and SAT score, which is not super hard to achieve the lottery pays for your education. So I went to Florida totally for free and then got four bonus championships. So while I was there, I interned for the Tampa Bay Rays, Turner sports and ESPN. I did the morning sports, uh, on the, on UF's TV station on Friday mornings. I got to interview Tim Tebow a bunch. Yes, he's better than you could ever imagine. He's hilarious. People don't realize, but he's nicer than most non-athletes I've ever met. And I, he just had that X factor. Long story short, uh, moved to New York after college, started working for ESPNW. And then when I was in college, social media wasn't a job. Like I'm probably aging myself here, but I always tell kids, if you're in college and you don't know what you want to do, it's OK, because literally when I graduated, my job didn't exist when I was in college. So I was tweeting about baseball for fun. I saw a job posting on Craigslist. Uh, I didn't even know if it was real to do social media at Major League Baseball. I was like, that's awesome. I do this for free. I can't believe someone's going to pay me for it. Ended up getting the job, which is a whole nother long story. And then I um, we I work from between 6 p.m. From 6 p.m. to between two and five in the morning, covered all baseball games. Watched 15 baseball games a night. Obviously, that you know, working every night, weekend, and holiday wasn't super sustainable. So then I and I knew I wanted a company with a a, a really good culture. I think MLB didn't prioritize that as much. So I was at the airport one day and ordered an entire pizza to the gate because I thought that was really cool. You could do that while I was eating. Uh, I started reading the New York Times and VaynerMedia was the first story. I emailed Gary. I was like, just read about you at gate D, whatever I'm at. I need to come work for you. Ended up getting that job. And that's sort of where my pivot into the marketing world came along. And Gary taught me all about EQ. He helped me find my place in the world. Like I always knew I was different from other people. I saw the world differently, but I thought that was like, meant there was something wrong with me or I didn't fit in. It wasn't until Gary that I learned, like I'm sort of meant to create my own path. And I'll tell you when I was at ESPN as an intern, I sent an email to This guy, John Skipper, who ended up becoming the president of the company. And I was like, hey, you should name your Spanish channel Espanol. Like, why has no one thought of this? It's obvious. And he was like, well, no, but you should come meet with me. So I met with him and he told me that ESPNW was launching. I was like, it's perfect. Like, I already wear a W necklace. My name's Whitney. I've got the branding going on and he put me in touch with them and they were sort of a startup within a big entity but everyone had told me if you want to work at ESPN you have to start in Kansas or Iowa in some small town and work your way up and then maybe 20 years and I'm like well just because everyone else did it that way doesn't mean that's the way I have to do it like why can't I carve out my own path and I think that was a light bulb moment for me and also working for Gary it was like wait I don't have to look at Me being different as a weakness, there are a lot of strengths to it. And you just have to understand yourself and realize what you're great at and surround yourself with people who believe in you. I mean, I remember when I first walked into Vader Media, I called home and I'm like, I found an island of my people. And Gary made it seem like I was the one employee that he had been waiting for his whole life. And I was working on some of the bigger accounts, but pretty quickly into my time there, Steve Ross, who owns the Dolphins invested in vayner gave gary money to start a fund and gary plucked me out of my role and created a new role for me where once a company was incubated or invested in he would hand it over to me to do the marketing long story short i I bring all that up to say that finding the person who saw the world the same way i did was the biggest game changer because Then I um I had moved home in Tampa to Tampa for six months in 2015 after Vayner Gary called me and I joke. Every time he calls, just say yes. And I know my life is about to change. He told me Steve Ross was starting the racial equality nonprofit rise. I moved back to New York for that, and he knew I eventually want to be back in Tampa. Quality of life just matters too much to me. And um then he called a year later and said, Brandon Marshall was looking for a marketing person. And from what my friends at the NFL said, I became the first chief marketing officer for one NFL player. And then from there in 2018, started my own company. And that's where, you know, representing clients has come in. My first client was this guy, Brandon Copeland. He was working out at Brandon Marshall's gym and saw the work I was doing for Brandon Marshall, sent me a message on Instagram. And I knew right when I talked to him that like he was special. And so, and he told me he lived on 15% of his salary. So I was like, well, we need to tell people about this. Long story short, he's now has, he's like the hit of the NFL. Everyone knows him. He's really, he was undrafted, but now he's getting all these offers from teams. He's known as the financial literacy guru. All of my NFL clients have second jobs off the field. It's about me helping them find sort of their purpose and life after sports, but I worked for all these bigger companies and yes i keep in touch here and there with some people but it wasn't until i went to work for the lesser named company at the time for the person who believed in me that my whole life changed and it was gary who really created all these opportunities that sort of launched my own business
0: i love that gary's the lesser name person oh are you Um,
1: I, and I have to tell you, you know, sure, I was yeah. working at Major League Baseball. So I remember, you know, I used to be like on the dance floor at a wedding and people would be like, oh, where do you work? MLB, MLB, it's easy to say. And then like I went to work for Gary. I'm like, it's this guy, Gary Vaynerchuk. It's like a marketing in the year we live in agency. He's an entrepreneur. People are like, what? Like, how do you yeah. spell his last name? I I was the first person in my orbit who knew of Gary.
0: Sure. There's so There's so many cool things. I mean, thanks for like kind of giving us like that timeline. I love that you talked about, Hey, when there's, I, I think that idea of like, like just saying yes, right. When you're like, when Gary calls, you just say yes and your life will change. I'm a big believer that if you actually are a yes all the time, your life will constantly be changing. And yeah, there might be a few steps back with some yeses before they go forward, but yes is a is a statement of possibility and no is a statement of, uh, is, is, is absolutely the opposite. Now, it doesn't mean we can't don't say no sometimes. Right. But like when we are, I like to often think of myself as like, I want to be an unconditional, an unconditional yes to things that show up in my life. Um, tell me really quick. You told us about uh, Tim Tebow. What do we, what do we actually, let me say this different. You talked about EQ and Gary Vee, how he taught you about that. I know what EQ is. Can you explain what that means to you and like what you actually learned from him about EQ?
1: Yeah, I think um, I learned EQ in simple terms means people skills and your ability to connect with people. And my whole life, if I met someone within the first few minutes, I could tell you everything about them. Are they confident? Are they insecure? Like I can size people up almost immediately. I feel like I have an x-ray machine into um, people's souls and can tell you everything about them. And like it helps me in my business because I can help people become the best versions of themselves. I understand them. I understand what they need. And it was a natural transition into marketing because I can also help companies become the best version of themselves. And that all comes from EQ, which is understanding where they, the, the the mistakes they're currently making. The problem is that everyone else in the world is trying to be like whatever else they see out there. And I have no problem doing what I think is right in the world. What's right for me being independent thinker. And I think Gary not only ran his company that way of what makes common sense because he understands people so well, but going through school, you know, there were different groups that i didn't really admire or fit in with or i couldn't find subjects i liked instead of like you don't fit in i all of a sudden went to a place where i i was with all types of people or all people who had my type of skill set and intelligence and you finally realized what a gift it was and I you know I kind of say he validated my whole life because no one had been able to give my skill set a name and then to he believes people with higher EQs do better in business because you have better relationships with people. So I had never been in a place that looked at anything on a resume except your prior, you know, jobs you held. No one ever looked at the intangibles and it's Tim Tebow, you know, everyone wants to hate on him for whatever his quarterback stats, but I always knew he was going to be able to accomplish whatever he wanted because he had the intangibles. And I think still to this day, people underestimate, you know, people's confidence in themselves, how well they read people in situations and just their ability to stand their ground on what they know is is best for themselves and the world.
0: Oh my God. So you did this to yourself, or maybe I did this to myself, but now you have to do me, do my x-ray machine.
1: No, I, that's not fair. I can't do that on your show. We'll talk offline. Why? No,
0: no, no, we have to, like, this is what the show is about. I want to be uh, like, let, let's do me, do me. <laughs> Hopefully people just don't listen to that snippet. They're going to be like, what is this show about? Um,
1: I, I think that, um, you are someone who would really fit in well at VaynerMedia because you are one of the few people who has true confidence in yourself, true self-awareness. Um, you're a great conversationalist. You, get along really well with people, um, you kind of just, I, I said this to you before we started recording, but the way I see the world is that most of the world is in black and white and that initial, you know, time throughout the, most people are sort of mediocre and they're, they're okay with that. And that made me feel left out. But then you meet that person who's in color and you just, that you, you validate each other. You feel like you're on cloud nine. And that's how I feel, you know, when I, as I've been talking to you.
0: Are there any negatives? That was all wonderful information.
1: I mean, look, I'm sure no one is perfect and we could, you know, I, I, th- I also said this to you before that I think for you to have deep, intimate relationships with people, you have to have a strong sense of self, what you do, and you have to know what your deal breakers are. And I think that you're still learning and working through those.
0: Cool. Thanks for doing it. Thanks for taking my challenge on and exposing me. How'd I X-ray? do it? I think you're, I mean, I think you were spot on, um, in what you shared. Yeah. I, I mean, we talked, people don't know that we talked for 30 minutes before, right. but they also don't know that we'd never met before this. So we talked, you had 30 minutes, you had 30 minutes of me, casual conversation. We actually talked about dating. We talked about religion. We talked about politics. We actually just got to know each other over like the Most intense topics that I agree. People yeah, can we just go right
1: to the chase, forget the weather. Yeah, <laughs> totally. favorite color. well, well love-
0: you live in Tampa, I live in San Diego. The weather's kind of the same all the time. It, we didn't really need
1: it, Tampa of the west, and I live in San Diego of the east. Um, totally. but at the end of the day it comes down to confidence. It comes down to truly believing in who you are and not being afraid to present yourself to the world. And, you know, a lot of people overanalyze or question or, like I've literally, since I was little, was like, I'm going to work in sports and found a way to make it happen. Like you are someone who knows yourself and isn't trying to be someone else. And that's the rare gift that when, when you're not afraid to be, I mean, I do 15 things a day that I don't have an office. I don't have a typical schedule. I mean, so much about my life. I mean, I wrote a book saying like, no one's been you before and the rest of the world is trying to be everyone else. So it's hard to go against the grain, but when you meet other people who are doing the same thing and have that confidence, it completely fills your cup back up.
0: Yeah. It's, it's interesting to think about how similar in so different, but also so similar, your book and my book is in the sense of like, like, your book, right, is you are the first you. There's no one like you. And you actually, if you embrace who you are, then you can actually create a life that works for you. And my book, Fictional Authenticity, is like, you, who you think you are isn't who you are. And you need to figure out who you are and let go of all the shit from your past because then your life can work for you.
1: What do you tell people in your book how to find that authenticity and for myself as well?
0: So, so my book is um, my book was really, and I I don't know about you, my book, this, it was my first book and it was like a real passion project. It was a, I was the kid who I've always been like an idea person. I've always been somebody who, you know, if you say an idea, I can help you come up with 35 other ideas from that one idea. I'm not the person that wants to go do all the ideas. I'm not the polisher. I'm like the generator. Like let's take, I was on the beach today and I was recording a video and I was like, I'm the person that you say to me, I think we can make something with sand. And I'm like, yeah, we can make mirrors. We can make castles. We can make, and I come up with all these things and then you got to go work with that and, you know, do it. Uh, and that's like my area of, of genius that like all the ideas from the one simple thing. Yeah. And, um, you're creative. Yeah. And that's like what I, and and what I love is, is that space. What, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um,
1: your book and how
0: you found authenticity. So in this, yeah. And so in the process, when I, when I wrote the book that this book was really like a, 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 um, a passion project in the sense of, I was the kid who I didn't, I wasn't a good writer. I say all the time, like it looked like teachers slit their wrists and bled red ink all over the page. Even in college, I would fax cause now I'm dating myself. I would fax. My email came out right when I was in college, like we started using it. Um, but I would like, email at, at tour in the middle of college at the beginning, like fax, my papers to my mom. So she would edit them and then send them back to me. Um, so they were like a little bit cleaned up. So I didn't, you know, I could get like B's and C's. Um, but I always got the like, hey, you have great ideas, but you don't know how to like get them on the paper in a way that's like correct. Right. The way that we say we're supposed to write. <laughs> And so I actually was told by a teacher in high school, told my mom and me that if Alex doesn't learn how to write better, he's never going to have a job and he'll never make anything of his life. And so writing a book for me was like a big fuck you to like the system that says you have to write a certain way. And the thing that I get from my book that, I love is people are like, man, I can hear you in it. You write like you speak and you actually, yes, you cleaned up the syntax, the grammar. You had somebody do that, in editor, right? Someone that's good at those things, but they left the essence of who you are in the writing. In the writing, in the book, the book is about my story of kind of uncovering like who I thought I was and then becoming and then figuring out how to become who I was. And in each chapter, I kind of outline, I tell you my story and then I give you like practices on how to do it. So there's chapters about trust and faith. There's chapters about spirituality and religion. There's chapters about love. There's chapters about money. Um, There's chapters about like planning. Um, But basically, yeah, I can't. You know, it's it's it it walks you through kind of the steps of like changing your own life or discovering your own authenticity.
1: Well, I I can't wait to read your book and it sounds like the oxygen that we all need. And I was laughing so much as you were talking cuz like I'm pretty sure we might be the same human being because from when I was little, they told me I didn't hold the pen right. And then, you know, I, you know, the way I thought or thinking outside the box, that was always problematic. And my book is literally my own career journey. And then at the end of each chapter, it summarizes the lessons that I think you need to know in life and in business, but that no one teaches you in school. So it sounds like our, our books are, are sort of soulmates.
0: It does sound like it. Um, and there's uh, and, and yeah, and there is some really cool things. Like when I was as I was like reading and going through your book, I was like, man, you have some really cool stories because you've done a lot of really cool things. Right. It's not just like these companies we don't know. There's athletes and brands and things that we're all super familiar with that makes it really easy to kind of, I want to say like visualize or connect with what's been, what's been the like biggest challenge for, for you. And you know, you're playing in a world that like, there's all these big names, a lot of money. And you even said, Hey, I came into this. I, I didn't come from this world. Like what's been the biggest obstacle for you in that, in that experience?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, memory? I went, to speak at my high school a few years ago and someone asked a question and said, have you always been entrepreneurial? And I laughed so much because I was like, buddy, they only call it that when it works. While well, everyone else is going left and you're going right. Like you're a fuck up, <laughs> you know? So I, you know, it, it, I would come up with an idea. Everyone would say you're crazy or what the hell are you doing? Or I've never heard of it. And then two years later, they're like, wait, can you hire me? How do I, I have 10 people who also want to work there. Like, that's so cool. I had to take the first leap of faith and see the forest through the trees before anyone else did. Um, And that just came from knowing myself so well that I knew what was a fit for me. Like people always love to ask the question, where do you see yourself in five years? First of all, pretty much every job I've had, I didn't even know existed. So I always say it's kind of like, (laughs) it's kind of like a spouse, like you can't predict it. You just have to know yourself well enough to know the person is a match when you see them. And it's the same thing. I think dating and jobs are very similar. You have to find a boss that, you know, sees the world the same way you do and thinks you hung the moon and vice versa. And, you know, I am very grateful for my clients. I refer to them as my champions because I think you need those kind of people in your lives. Like I can open up the business world for them and they can let me into a world that, no matter how much I tried, I could never be part of without them, um, sort of making inroads for me. And I also just assumed because I I, I'm an agent in, you know, and, and I'm actually in the process of petitioning the NFL, NFLPA to become an actual agent. But if you look at what agents do, I, I'm a marketing agent and I represent them. So I don't, look like the vast majority of NFL agents out there. That's mostly older white men for people who aren't familiar with the industry. And there's a couple people who kind of have all the clients. So for me to break in was truly impossible. But I also learned that there are strengths that because the whole world tells you, you you don't fit in, you don't think to look at. But as I started getting to know my clients, they'd say, well, a lot of us were raised by single moms. So in our world, women get the job done. Secondly, we're still young guys when we're sent to these teams and, you know, you bring a nurturing approach is probably inherently because you're a woman that most agents don't bring. I mean, and I had to go above and beyond when I was starting my business, everyone said, everyone loves to tell you unsolicited advice of how you should be running your company. And if I, you know, I love feedback and I always ask questions to get feedback, but I wasn't confused about the decisions I was making. Like I knew I didn't want to work in an office and I didn't want to manage a bunch of people and like take on their problems. And like that routine, I wanted, I'm starting this business for my flexibility. And I wrote down kind of the list of what was most important to me. It was have flexibility to be able to travel and, you know, be able to be with family and friends to be able to execute my own ideas and be my own boss and to be able to live in Tampa and be near my family. So starting your own business was sort of the only thing that fit those criteria. But um, I, I, you know, when I was starting out, um, everyone said to me, you need to have a retainer, you need to charge X, Y, Z. And my clients will tell you when I was starting out with them, I only, they only paid me when I brought in an endorsement deal. So it was a very low hanging fruit because I didn't make money until they made money. So they weren't tied to any sort of yearly retainer, or what people tell you you have to do. And in fact, my first client said, You should charge a high. I think I was going to charge 15% commission. He's like, you're going to be doing a lot of stuff for free. You should charge 20%. So I think you have to, I mean, I only work with the good guys. And I think that I also filled this niche. So the teams have marketing and social media departments. And the players had agents, but when I started investigating, a lot of the agents are jerks. They don't care about the players. Like it's a miracle if they show up to one game a year. Whereas it I'm at every one of my clients' games, I'm having them over for Thanksgiving. I know their families. They know my family. I'm I helped one client redecorate his re- renovate his house. Um, you name it. Like the and and so because of my caring approach, you know, and and that's just naturally anyone I work with sort of becomes family. And I looked around and I was like, wait a minute, everyone kind of celebrates these guys while they're playing, but no one is helping them proactively tell their stories or maximize the time in their spotlight. And then this could end at any point in time. And no one is helping them figure out life after sports. You're just going to leave them high and dry. I mean, one of my clients tells a story. He got cut on the way to the airport for the team was flying somewhere. And they're just like, okay, get off the bus. I mean, it's, you, you can just, you get kicked to the, and they don't necessarily have a support system to go back to. So I was like, well, now that I know all of this, I like, how can I not care and want to make their lives better now? And I, I always try and tell them instead of looking at football or pro sports as your purpose, look at it as your platform to your purpose.
0: Oh my God. You're saying so many, first of all, awesome things that are like so resonating um, over here because I think professional athletes are the only humans that they accomplish their dream before they're 40. And usually they accomplish their dream before they're 30. And if they're lucky, they get to do their dream in their thirties, right? Like most professional athletes have four year careers or less like the average and different, it's different depending on the sport, but, Tom Brady is a one percentile. Someone who plays for 12 years is probably a top 10 percentile, right? That's you and I know that. But like most people don't realize that. And most people don't also realize that most people aren't making a million plus dollars a year. Most people are making like the league minimum or slightly above. We just hear about the, Yeah. Right. We just hear about the the Fernando Tatises of the world that have money raining down on them. But we don't hear about like, yes, Fernando Tatis makes whatever he makes millions and millions and millions of dollars. But all the other players on the Padres, not all the other players, there's a handful of players that make like 200,000 a year, which is a lot of money. But that's not going to, you know, that's not going to carry you for, you know, 60 years of your life if you don't make it out.
1: And by the way, that's if you make the team. I know a number of guys who have been on, let's say, three NFL teams, but they've only been on the team for preseason. And you basically get a thousand dollar a week stipend, but you have to pay for, you know, car, housing. And so like, there are some jobs like making minimum wage. You could make more than being on some of these teams in the preseason. And like, like I said, you can get cut at any point in time, but also what people don't realize is any of the people you just named are a celebrity while they're playing. I mean, even if you're the fourth string punter on the box or uh, you know, on the LA Rams or whatever, whatever it might be, you're a big deal. You're looked at as famous. I mean, even the fourth string punter, one, uh, you know, Super Bowl ring here last season with the Bucks. So while you're playing, you can open up any door you want because everyone's excited to meet with a Bucks player, no matter what your position is. You are a yeah. celebrity. But the minute you retire, even if you're a big name, you just often become a moot point, especially if you don't have a platform to transition over to. I mean, Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. He's probably going to play until he's you know, 75 years because he's such a winner and he'll be fine no matter what, but he just doesn't know what's next for himself. And that's scary.
0: Well, yeah. And I I mean, I think most of us don't, I think there's like the people, there's so many of us that don't know what we're excited about. We don't know what we're passionate about. Right. That's often people come to work with me and they're like, I don't know what I want. Like, and we have to do the work to actually choose because uh, unfortunately, like it doesn't, you know, it doesn't come out of you. Like and a fortune cookie when you're born, like, Hey, this is your thing. You got to actually figure it out or decide. And then I do, and then there are right. Like these people that, Hey, they had one track. I got lucky. I opened restaurants and bars for a living and I was really good at it. But eventually like I left that P period of my life and I was lucky to find another thing and choose it. Right. I didn't just find it. I chose it when I found it. I think with athletes, right. you know, we know that, Hey, at thir- somewhere around 30. For most of them, it's going to be over. And what are you going to choose? And what are you going to do? I also like think, you know, I love that you were talking about the the mother, the motherly or nurturing piece, because something that I've thought about a lot is like from my own perspective, and I've connected and we're done some work with some athletes about the mindset around nobody prepares you for, to be famous. Nobody prepares you to make all this money. Nobody also prepares you that the thing that you've been working for your whole life is gonna be taken from you really fast and could be at any given moment. And what's how do we do the mindset work to have yourself become someone who becomes creative, um, who become, who can be resilient, who can look to, who can enjoy the present, but also think about the future at the same time. and. I've had some very, very cool interviews with people that never made it out of the minors and like the ones that have great careers. Now, some of them in San Diego are very successful real estate agents, like had to learn the hard way, you know, of what happened when their career ended. Um, what well, do you think, think? Go No, go ahead. I'm
1: going to say to that point, I think that a lot of people. When sports end, they're like, okay, well, I have a really great network. So I'm going to either become a real estate agent or a financial advisor. And I think those are the cliche things that people turn to. And there's some people who are really great at those specific roles, but not everyone is meant to be one of those two things, but they just don't know what options are out there. And I think that goes back to a lot of what you talk about in your book that they've always been defined as an athlete. So honestly, the very first thing I do when I meet them is to ask a lot of questions to help figure out who they are off the field, who they, what is it about you that makes you different from everyone else? That's not going to change because that is the foundation by which we're going to build your next chapter. All of my clients do different things, but they are authentic to themselves.
0: What do you think makes, I mean, I know we talked about the EQ. What what do you think we talked about EQ? Sorry. We talked about EQ. We talked about that. You actually care about your clients. What do you think gives you the ability to navigate these like unforeseen waters, these like, you know, you're diving into an area that people are like, Hey, that might not be smart or it's risky. uh, And you're just like, you know, jumping off the the high beam or the, the highest, you know, diving board and just going for it? Like, why are you able to do that over and over again?
1: I think um, that I have a lot of confidence in the person I am and my gut tends to be right on. So I don't tend to have a lot of misses. Like it's almost the opposite where like, I like Gary, I was like, I think this guy is like something really special. And I know no one's heard of him. And I know I'm crazy for leaving MLB, but like, there's something here. And then he turns out to be Gary V and years later, it's like now the whole world knows of him. And so I I've had a lot of those moments, like, wow, I feel like this is only my internal voice. And then it comes to fruition. I'm like, wow, I can't believe how well this worked out. Um, So my gut tends to be right. And I tend to follow that every step of the way. And I think also that my business isn't just a business that it has an underlying purpose that gets me up every day that I know I, you know, really want to help these guys. I I think that there's this white space where people aren't doing it. And I want to make their lives a lot better. I mean, I was even talking to one of my NFL guys this morning, and we have an appearance coming up And it was something I set up on my own. I'm the only person full-time in my company for him. And he was, you know, he's played for a lot of years, but he was undrafted. And long story short, the biggest agency in the NFL reached out and were like, hey, how'd you guys do that? And so it's funny when that starts happening that other people end up following your lead, even though I was a no-name and the guys I was working with are a lot lesser names than some of these other places. When you start innovating and you're doing things the right way and the way, um, you know, that that really catches people's attention, how many people follow along. It's kind of just bringing your gut to fruition. And I also think that I am not afraid to go above and beyond. I mean, when my Bucks client asked me to renovate his house while he was in training camp, it was like, I don't really know how to do this, but like, <laughs> I'm just gonna, I, I use, I use the, flight atten- the flight attendant analogy a lot that when you're flying and if there's turbulence, And if the flight attendants sit down, you're like, oh no, this plane is going down. We're all going to die. It's going to crash. But no matter how bad the turbulence is, if the flight attendant keeps serving drinks, you feel totally at ease. So I always say like, no matter how you're feeling inside, just be the flight attendant that keeps serving drinks. There's a lot of situations I'm in that that mentality helps the situation become a success. I mean, you know, this same client I'm talking about, like he you know, needed me to run and pick up packages at his apartment or the week of this, you know, Super Bowl, I had another client who had all these errands. And I think the average person would say, would look at it more in the short, short term and say, well, I'm, you know, I'm not getting paid for this moment. I kind of try and see the bigger picture. And then I've had just a few wins along the way, like pretty early on into my business. I was on an 18,000 square foot billboard on the Las Vegas strip, the Tom Brady video, like you have those wins or you write a book and I was at this women's sports networking event last week and all these people ran up to me. They're like, it's my favorite book I've ever read. I've told people, and it's not that the validations are what you seek, but they help remind you you're on the right track.
0: I really love the piece. I wrote down like trusting your gut and you didn't talk about like logic or having it all figured out, which I know is typically the people that come to work with me. It's they're all in their logic brain, right? Like, well, how do I do this? I have to have it all figured out, or even I notice I mean we were talking about dating before we started. I notice like most of the dates I go on, like people are talking they're in their brains, and I'm like, I just want to feel something like if I don't feel something, I don't even want to know the rest of the things like if my if my heart, my gut, my body doesn't have like feel like an energetic something about it, then nothing else really matters. And I've had people that are like, no, you need to like it's got to be like you got to see if you match and I think business, you brought, you tied relationships and business or, or romantic and business. I totally agree with you that, yes, if we just want to go through the motions of life and just get paid and check boxes, sure, go get a job, do what everybody else is doing. But if you want to do something different, you want to do something innovative and new, it's all about your gut. It's like going with your gut. And then, yeah, you got to figure it out, right? You There's some stuff you have to do, but I love that you, you totally hit on that. Um, what is there like that you want to share as we kind of like kind of get to the end here? Like, what do you want to share with people that are listening to this that have that mentality of like, but there's all these things I want to do, but like, you know, I'm not good enough or like, I don't have the contacts or I don't have the resources. Like how do they break through that? Like that, that made up, you know, fog or ceiling.
1: Well, I mean, I'm hopeful. My story is an example that you can sort of Chase after your dreams. I mean, I remember when I was working at ESPNW. Originally, I was just getting paid per article, and <clears throat> they asked me the week of the Super Bowl to write a story of how much food is consumed. And it was the Friday of the Super Bowl when it was in Dallas. Like, how, who am I going to get in touch with two days before the Super Bowl? And I just kept pounding the pavement. And I think that I don't, I don't give up or throw in the to- uh, throw in the towel until there's not one possible solution left on the planet like a lot of people are like okay you know i've tried everything possible like i there's like no giving up in me like i have this relentlessness why where i will find a way to get the job done and i think that determination is really important and i also think it's important to have a north star i mean mine kept changing you know at first it was the sideline reporter on Monday night football. And then, okay, now I see this major league baseball job. So I had this North star that I always chased after. And then when opportunities that were even a better fit came along, I was open to them. Uh, but I was continually going after the dream. And then again, these jobs I didn't know could possibly exist, but they ended up being greater fits. And I think when you, you know, you, you have to be determined and have the confidence in yourself and you know, we talk about, we've talked about a lot, but like no one has been you before. So I think like I've even learned from past jobs and from dating experiences, like everyone has, you know, two cents that they want to contribute. And I think it is valuable to hear other people's perspective and even experts, you know, they have good advice to share, but at the end of the day, nothing is as powerful or accurate as your gut, because it doesn't matter how much of an expert someone is, no one knows or feels what's inside you. It's not possible because you're the first you.
0: Well, I want to tell people where to find you. I want to tell people. So, first off, people need to go to Amazon and get your book,
1: and which your is book. called
0: "And My Book." Get both of our books. Yeah. Maybe we can bundle yeah. them together. Let's do it. <laughs> the masculine and feminine together. I don't, you know. Um, uh, go to go to Amazon. It's called "You Are the First You," Whitney Holtzman. It's covered in glitter, and your smile is. That's if they see it and they're not sure, that's it. Um, also, I want to tell them where they can find more about you, which socialvictories.com is your website. Correct. You also can follow you on like Instagram at Whitney Holtzman. I'm just going to spell it for people W H I T N E Y and then H O L T Z M A N. And from there, they can also get to your social victories Instagram. Um, you're on Twitter uh, at W Holtzman, W H O L T Z M A N there's a Facebook, there's all the things Um, on the internet. You're on the internet. (laughs) Um, Thanks for being here. Uh, Thanks for x-raying me. Thanks for just being like authentic and real and having a really fun conversation. Um, I love that you like, like, it's so clear that you're just like passionate and you love these people and you're doing things that like, I have this genuine sense of if you never became like a millionaire or a billionaire or whatever, but you like made a real difference for all these people, like that would actually be enough well, like, for you.
1: I mean, um, I have to, like go to sleep at the end of the night and I have to live with myself. And I don't think I'm the type of person, at least that like, I cannot lie to myself. And I think a lot yeah. of other authentic people are like that also. So I have to walk around in my body. I can't imagine if I were doing something that didn't feel right. Like I have to feel set free and, Uh, One of my Bucks clients calls me corporate mom, which was probably the funniest job title I've been given.
0: I love that. I actually agree. Like when I, when I was in the restaurant hospitality business and pre like knowing myself, pre coaching, writing a book, um, I worked a lot of jobs that now I wouldn't do because they would have felt out of integrity like not integrity of like good or morals or good or bad, but they didn't align with like who I was and what I was up to. But I like, was like, I need the job. I need the money. You know, I would justify. Um, it's, it's ironic because now I just got put on this website and they called me the anti excuses coach. And I'm like, man, that is so what I do. Cause like, there's either like I did it or I didn't do it. And everything after is an excuse. Um, and it's not to say that stuff doesn't happen, but that's just the, the black and white. It's just like, you did it or you didn't do it. And if you didn't do it, it's an excuse. And I used to be like full of those excuses. And when I, as I got off, what were I you
1: saying? Say I think you have to constantly check yourself and realign your gut because <clears throat> even working on the sports world, I'll, in the sports world, I'll see jobs at the leagues or at teams and they still look glamorous. And I'm like, wait a minute, that doesn't align with what I want most and what my soul is and what I'm looking for. And even like, you know, the way people do weddings are like, I think bachelorette parties are the worst thing in the entire world. But like, I'm the anomaly if I'm like speaking up about, but I think like not being afraid to every day say, you know what, that's a fit that doesn't like kind of have a litmus test for yourself is really important to stay on track.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think as you become, as you really understand yourself more and become more authentic, these things become more apparent and you're actually willing to say, Hey, this doesn't work for me. Even if it's you know, it would be way easier to just go get a job for you and for me, like go get a corporate coaching job and you could go get a job, you know, back at probably any of these companies, they would probably take you back. But even though there's nothing wrong with that, it, there would be, I like to think that if I did something like that on my deathbed, there'd be a lot of like, why did I give in? Why did I give up? Why did I not actually chase or live the life that I wanted to live? Um, Whitney, thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for being, you know, vulnerable and open and sharing your story. Everybody, please go check out uh, Whitney Holtzman online, her book, all the social media places. Um, and I know that there is a ton of gold in this episode. And who needs to hear this that you know? Who's that person? Who do you need to share it with? Who's that person that has that like crazy dream that needs to hear this story so they can actually believe that the dream isn't crazy? It's just something that they've actually just been maybe unwilling or too afraid to go after.
1: Yeah, happiness. To thanks again. yeah. Thanks for having me. I was just going to close by saying that I think happiness is finding your place in the world. So, you know, you really have mm. nothing, nothing to lose. You can always go back to a company or a full-time job, but when you reach that level of sort of, this is who I'm meant to be, there's no feeling like it. So I, uh, I, everyone needs to go buy your book as, as well. And, uh, I think this episode's going to go viral. I think we like hit on something here and, uh, definitely a life highlight for me. So thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. Thank you for being here and we'll see everybody next time. Thanks for listening. Honestly, I'm just a rebel who found a cause and has a dream. And I'm super grateful for your support. If you got anything from this, please help me out and share this podcast with one person today. You can find me at TheDreamMason.com or at InspirationalAlex on Instagram. You are a Dream Mason because your dreams don't build themselves.